Name? Laura Rafferty. Name on Instagram? Laura Colors 2. Age? Um, I am 35. Family? Okay, so I live um, by myself with my little kitty, but um, I take care of my extended family, and uh, my boyfriend and I are very close, so he spends a lot of time here. <laughs> it's kind of complicated. <laughs> Lives in? I live very close to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and that's in the U.S. Favorite coloring book? Okay, <laughs> this is very difficult for me. Um, I was thinking about this question. Um, right now, I'm really loving the, the Tomislav Tomic books, um, Zemlosnova and Villanson. Favorite coloring media? I love using acrylic paint. And welcome to a new episode of Passionista Colorista, a coloring book podcast. And welcome today's guest, Laura. Well, hello, Isabel. I know. Uh, I think before we start to talk about you and your coloring and uh, the juicy stuff, I just need to talk a little bit about uh, about our different time zones. Because I live in Sweden and it's uh, like half past four p.m. now and what's the clock where you are um it is uh, half past 10 in the morning here <laughs> we've had some trouble coordinating <laughs> yes but we had contact on instagram for some hours ago and i couldn't understand that you were already up <laughs> yes i am a very early riser <laughs> uh-huh yeah how early um, I typically get up at five o'clock in the morning, um, unless I'm not feeling well, and then I'll let myself sleep in. <laughs> but for me, who loves to sleep in the mornings, I don't understand why five o'clock. Um, well, I I love to draw, and um, I found a long time ago that if I don't make space the first thing in the morning to um, I do these things. It's an exercise I do every day called a daily doodle. And if I don't make time in the morning before everything else to do that, then um, unfortunately, sometimes the day gets away from me and I'm just, I get busy. And I so um, I just decided um, I think that was actually in 2009 when I started that. And um, I try to be very disciplined about it. So, um, yeah, I love it. So it doesn't bother me that I have to get up at five in the morning. But when do you go to sleep? Um, I typically go to sleep around um, 11 o'clock at night, um, sometimes 10 o'clock. Um, I find that as I get older, I need less and less sleep. So I've been, um, but mostly I just go to bed when I'm sleepy. <laughs> Sorry, sleep is very important to me, as you understand. <laughs> I um <laughs> I have uh, a lot of very vivid dreams, so um, I tend to sleep very restlessly anyway. Um, so I function on very little sleep most times, and that's okay. <laughs> you are a colorista, uh, an artist. You have made an own coloring book, and we're going to talk about this. But 
first a little bit more about you, not only how you are sleeping and <laughs> when you are getting up. <laughs> Who are you? Well, as far as like my job goes, I'm a freelance web developer and graphic designer. Um, but I'm also a lot of other things. I'm a tomboy. Um, I grew up climbing trees when I was a little girl and um, rollerblading around the neighborhood. I wasn't very much into like dolls like most girls. Um, I liked Legos and, um, <laughs> you know, what many would consider um, maybe more male oriented hobbies. Um, but I just um, like to like. This weekend, I ended up working in the garage, um, and I like BMXing. So I'm sort of uh, a very weird, quirky person. <laughs> I don't really <laughs> know if that answers your question. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I heard you said somewhere that you have uh, uh, been been doing art all your life. Yes, yes, that is something, no matter what my hobby, um, I started when I was about two years old. Um, my mom gave me a box of Crayola crayons, and I promptly decided that the paper that she gave me was not big enough. So I colored all over the walls of the house. Um, and my mom knew that she had an artist on her hands because I did a lot of detail and I was very <laughs> thorough. I covered just about every room. <laughs> um, and since then, she has nurtured and encouraged me. Um, she herself is an artist. Um, so I've been very, very lucky to find my true passion at such an early age. <laughs> But after that, after that, uh Uh, uh occasion when you were two year old <laughs> what happened then with your art and your art skills um yeah that's a great question um we we grew up um it was a single mom household and my mom is amazing she um she gave us everything that we ever needed um But um, a lot of the time she would be very busy, um, you know, working and um, trying to take care of two little girls by herself. So she would often just give us um, art materials like um, pencils or paper and um, or crayons or whatever. And it was usually like the blank, like cheap printer paper that you would get like um, from like an office store. It wasn't like fancy paper. She would just give us blank paper and say, you know, draw me this or draw me this. And so she would kind of like um, encourage us to just keep ourselves occupied while she was um, trying to make dinner or trying to do the chores. Um, so I think that was sort of my start. Also, we did never really have coloring books when I was a little girl. Um, I don't know why I think it was mostly just um, out of like we didn't ask for them and mom didn't really buy them for us, I guess. It wasn't like she she hated coloring books or something. Um, but um, so what what it would happen is my little sister would ask me to draw her a picture for her to color in. So um, I would I would actually I didn't know this at the time, but I have been a coloring book artist for a lot longer than I realized. <laughs> That's so cool. And I guess that yeah. book isn't for for uh, sale anywhere. Oh no! Um, and I don't know if I would be very proud to put my name on it now, being uh, much more developed as an artist today. So, yeah. 
But have you worked as an artist? Uh, yes. Um, I um, when I first graduated college, I made a venture into the art world, but I made a couple of really key mistakes, and that's why um, I shifted over to graphic design. Um, I wasn't on social media, so I had no real way to expose my work to more than just a small local audience. Um, so I think that was a big mistake. Um, I also, um, I worked uh, part-time to make ends meet, but that allowed me little time to really work on my own work. So if I had done it differently, <laughs> um, I probably would have built up a nest egg and then tried to go at full-time right off the bat. Um, I made a couple of mistakes, but I did have some successful gallery shows. I, um, I think also I'm an illustrator. I've always liked to tell stories with my artwork. And so trying to fit into the fine art community is very difficult. They, they tend to look down on illustrators sometimes, not everybody, but, um, it, it is a little bit more difficult to be an illustrator in a fine art community. Um, so I didn't really find my true, um, fit, if you will, until recently with the coloring book stuff. Um, yeah. Yep. But I, I do do portrait commissions all the time still. Um, I also do a lot of like <laughs> I've been getting into pet portraiture um, and just things that people request from me. You have uh, another daytime work then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm a graphic designer and a web developer. That's what I do most of the day. Um but I, I am trying to make the shift now into more like I've been taking off certain weeks and just drawing or catching up on commission work. So I am trying to make the shift over into a full time artist, but in a much more hopefully a better way than I did the first time. <laughs> but how did it start with the coloring books? Well, that's, I mean, it was pure luck, chance, whatever you want to call it. Um, I was going through a bit of a difficult time in my life, like with personal matters, and I was really stressed out. And I guess um, my little sister had heard about the color, the adult coloring book stuff. And so she bought me and gifted me Lost Ocean. Um, and I didn't, I didn't actually use it right away. I think I put it aside for a couple of months. Um, but then I got to a point where I was just so stressed out and I couldn't even really concentrate on my own drawing, which is very unusual for me. And so I just pulled out Joanna Basford's book and I just started coloring and I was like, oh, this is great. I don't have to think about it. I just put the color on the page. It just it just it was like an instant connection. That first page I was in love. <laughs> what did you use when you did uh, what did you color with? Mm -hmm. um, I had an old set of very like I I think I bought them in like 2001. I had a very old set of Prismacolors and it was like a 24 pack, you know, the little box set. Um, so that's what I used to start with. It was it was like an old set that I just had from a, I think it was a project that I worked on. I don't even remember why I had them, but um, I dug around and I found them and <laughs> and that's what I used for I think my first. Um, 10 or so drawing or coloring yeah and what happened after after that how was your uh, coloring book uh, process oh well um 
<clears throat> excuse me, um, for the first, like, I guess it was the first couple of months, the first three months, um, I just focused on buying coloring books because I realized, like, how amazing this was and how much I loved it. So I really spent a lot of time, like, researching what books I wanted. Um, didn't really buy a whole lot of new materials because I have a lot of art supplies from being an artist my life, my whole life. So um, I just sort of used what I had available. I have a watercolor set, so I was trying that. Um, I, I had, um, I didn't have any markers, those came later, but, um, yeah, I was just using what I had in the studio for my materials, so my focus was really on, um, buying nice books, like, I didn't want to just buy a book and color in one page, I wanted to buy a book that really spoke to me in a way that I knew I would really come back to it again and again, so that was my main focus when I first started. Do you remember uh, some of those books? Mm-hmm. Um, the first book that I purchased by myself um, was an Emily Lindahall Oberg book, um, The Sager Oksagner, and I love that book. I mean, just um, her her drawings are so sweet and whimsical and um, very, very expressive, so they allow you to really um, put your own emotion to it. Um, so I love her book. And then um, I bought Mythomorphia. And Fantasia, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not telling the artist's names, um, Mythomorphia by Kirby Rosans, and um, that book I love, um, I, I work in that all the time, and then I bought Fantasia by um, Nicholas Filbert, and, um, and what was the other one I bought at the same time, it was, um, ugh, I can't quite recall, I, I bought a whole bunch of books in a in a, in a flurry of of book buying, <laughs> so it's kind of hard to remember. But I do remember um, Mythomorphia was one of the very first books that I got after um, the the Emily Lindahl Oberg book. But what was the feeling you got when you started with coloring books? Um, just. So I was really stressed out and worried about everything and like not sleeping well. And so um, I when I pulled out my coloring books, it just it takes me like it takes me from being like worried and, and anx anxious to like calming me down. And I just go into my own little like world where nothing can bother me. It's so It's it's like that when I draw too, but when you draw your own work, it's more stressful sometimes because you put a lot of pressure on doing well. But with the coloring, I could just sort of let everything go. So it was like a meditation for me. It was, I think it's an essential um, activity for somebody who's stressed out. <laughs> I agree. But are you listening to something or are you just sitting in silence or are you talking to your cat or... Well, I mean, Abby is always part of the dialogue, no matter what I'm doing. But um, no, I, I don't listen in silence. I mean, I don't color in silence. Um, I normally listen to music. I listen to podcasts like your podcast. I'm a big fan of. Um, so I was thrilled when you asked me to um, to, to do it. Um, and then uh, I also listen to um, I'll listen to like TED Talks and other like um self-improvement type um, podcasts. I also listen to 
audiobooks. Um, and rarely do I ever sit in silence. Sometimes I'll watch TV, but not often, only because I can't really like pay attention. So, um, yeah. But what part of the coloring process is most fun for you? Hmm. I. I'm going to say probably actually looking through my books and um, I like to visualize what I would color. So as I'm looking through my coloring books, I'm imagining in my mind what what I what the finished product would look like. So I love looking through my books and then picking a page and like really imagining what that might be. And of course, you know, the, end result never turns out perfect but um i love the i love that sort of imagining it and the potential and the the possibility of a new page i think that's so exciting when you first start a new page <laughs> that's probably why i have so many whips <laughs> how many whips do you have <laughs> oh my <laughs> Um, I know I have over 20 at the moment, although I'm trying to work on only whips so that way I can cut down the number. <laughs> But how many books do you have? Um, I have about, let's see, I have 25 like hard copy books and I have two digital books. So not too bad for, I think I've been coloring now for about a half of a year. But uh, most people, when they start with coloring books, like me, uh, are not uh, shading and uh, mm. things like that. But due to your background, did you shade and color advanced from the start? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, my first coloring page was not as nice um, as my latest work, only because I wasn't very practiced with colored pencil or dry media because I'm a painter. Um, but yes, I, I was definitely practicing light and shadow and um, and contrast and all that right off the bat. So I, I was lucky to have my background before I started. How important is the result for you? Um, for coloring, not very important at all. Um, most of the time I'm experimenting or trying things that I want to try in my artwork. So if I make a mistake, um, I don't really worry about it because it's not, um, I mean, I, I like it to look nice at the end. Like I don't, I don't post things to Instagram or Facebook unless I like them enough. Um, but, uh, I have many pages which are awful and I, Don't worry about it. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> At the beginning, you told us it's hard to choose a favorite coloring book for you. Mm, yes, <laughs> it's true. Why? Well, I'm very, very lucky. I have very many beautiful books. Um, I, I can see the... Um, I can see the beauty in so many different artists' work. Um, I know how difficult it is to draw, and I think I respect so many different illustrators because I know just how hard it is. Um, so I, I just uh, like I love each book for a different reason. I, I would never buy a book unless I love it. I, I look at um, flip-throughs on YouTube before I purchase, 
so every single book that I own, I really love it. And, and, um, so it's, it's almost like choosing if you like strawberries or bananas, like I, I like them all. <laughs> so it's kind of, um, it's, it's hard to pick. <laughs> But the one you picked, Uh, that I even mm-hmm. can't pronounce. What is it that you like <laughs> about that? Um, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right either. I just uh, I just give it my best go. But um, the reason I like his work so well is because it is um, it's the theme that I like. So I love fantasy um, themes the most. Um, but also his style of work is so different from mine and. I find that refreshing. Um, I find it to be a nice challenge and very tricky sometimes because he doesn't offer any shading. So it really does allow me to exercise my creative ability as far as like lighting and shading. So I think that's why I'm enjoying his work in particular so much right now. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but it's quite detailed and intricate pictures. Mm. Mm, yes. <laughs> I have I don't have that book and I don't think I would dare to color in it. But the pictures <laughs> I've seen is amazing. Mm, yes. Uh it does take some more time with his pages than most. Um but that's I think also why I have a lot of whips in many different books is because if I don't have the patience for a very detailed page, say, you know, for whatever reason I just feel impatient that day, then I'll go to an easier more um less detailed you know more open page and um work in that instead but where where do you sit in color uh i have a um i call it my studio it's actually just part of my living room that's supposed to be the dining room (laughs) it's like an open floor plan um I so I have like a desk and a chair and I I work there for most of my coloring. Um but I do also tend to work at my easel lately um for for some coloring pages as well. And I see in pictures on Instagram and you have a big 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 window. Mm yes. Yes, that's why I chose this apartment. Um I've lived in places where it's dark and where there's not a lot of natural light and no matter how many lamps I put it seems like it's not good enough for um for me I don't I mean I guess I'm being picky but I just like a lot of natural light so um when I moved uh four years ago I spent months and months searching for an apartment where I had a lot of light and a lot of natural um like big open windows. You seems very thorough when you do things. You made research for your first coloring books and you made a lot of research to find your apartment. Mm, yes, I um I am very <laughs> organized, I guess. <laughs> um I like making lists and uh <laughs> it's I don't know um how you would call that but um yeah it's part of my personality. Uh I do like to really understand something before I make a decision. But what is most important before you buy a special coloring book? Um it's really the illustrations. Um I've bought books 
that don't have great paper, but um, knowing that I can mount them on canvas and paint on them, it doesn't bother me. Um, so it's really the illustrator, the illustrations and um, the theme of the book. Um, I tend to gravitate towards um, figures, fantasy, and um, just cute, whimsical type work. Um, so I think, yeah, it's really, really the illustrations are the most important. Uh, are there things that you don't like to color? Mm, yes. Um, I have tried before, and I find it very difficult to color, like, um, very dark or gory or gothic type scenes. And it's funny because I like looking at them, and I can appreciate it from other people. But um, I think because it's just not um, something that is part of my personality, I have a hard time doing it myself. How do you choose colors for a picture? Oh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I think what it is, is uh, I have a lot of background in color theory and understanding how colors work from my painting background. So I don't even think about it anymore. Um, but I would say how I choose color is based on, um, I first choose the lighting and the, the general mood of the piece, and then I pick my colors based on what I would like to accomplish there with that. So if it's a moonlit scene, I'll pick all blues and purples and greens and, and stay away from any warm colors. But um, say if it's a sunset, I immediately go towards those warm colors. So I really kind of um, use the environment and what kind of mood or, or setting to really determine uh, what color palette I'm using. Do you mix media a lot on your pictures? Mm, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, I didn't start that way um, because I was so unfamiliar with pencils. I just wanted to get a feel for them. So the first couple of pages I did were purely pencil. But uh, I love mixing media in my original artwork. So um, I, I started uh, playing around and seeing what papers could handle what type of media. One of my early mixed media pieces was um, acrylic, marker, and colored pencil in the Sager Oak Sogner book. And um, that was so much fun for me to just play around and see what would work and what didn't. So, yeah, I love it. And can you uh, can you make an example how it can look when you are doing a picture with mixed media? What do you start with? Mm, um, so, yes, that's a great question. I usually start with the wet media first um, because I mostly use Prismacolors and they have a waxy base. So um, while they while the like markers or watercolor can sort of go over, it's much easier um, to know sort of what what can and can't work together. So um, like if I'm going to do a watercolor and colored pencil piece, I tend to do all of the watercoloring first and get everything sort of covered on the page and sort of where I want it, and then. I'll go in with the pencils for detail and um, and finer shading and maybe smoothing areas that I don't like the look of or I want to fix. Um, but I have started um, with one of my later um, marker and colored pencil works. I have started 
playing with the ability to go over the pencil after I've um, laid down. Like So what I did with the, um, the little mouse rider from the Zemla Snova page was I, I used a lot of marker at the beginning, and then I took the pencil and I, I played with it, but I didn't, like, burnish. I didn't, like, really blend or, like, press hard. I just sort of lightly layered the pencil over it. And then I used the Tombow Blender marker instead of um, blending with a Prismacolor, like blender or a white pencil. Um, I used the the Tombow Blender marker to <laughs> to blend, which was really different and really fun. And then um, and then I was layering fine liners on top of it and gel pen. So I have started to sort of push the limits and see exactly what I can get away with. <laughs> And the, the Tombow Blender, was that the secret to how you could use fine liners over it? Yeah, I think maybe so. Um, I'm going to do some more experiments. Uh, I plan to use um, a similar technique on the page, um, on the Dragon page that I have been working on. So right now I'm still in the marker phase, but uh, I'm going to start um, pushing back and forth with the pencil and the, and the marker again. Um, but yeah, I think that the, instead of burnishing, like as soon as you put too much wax on the page, then I think it's pretty much impossible. The, the fine liner like beads up and doesn't really adhere to the paper anymore. So, um, a trick that I've done though, um, in case anybody has that problem is you can spray workable fixative over your pencil and that will give a, a the tooth to the paper so that you can then work over it again with marker if you need to. But markers, they bleed through in your books, don't they? No, no. Um, I don't use alcohol markers. I use water-based markers. Ah. So none of my books have bleed through. Um, I haven't tried like Copics or anything like that yet. Um, I only have... The Tombos, which are water-based, and the um, Statler Fineliner Tri-Plus um, set, which is also water-based. So I have no bleed-through in my books. Um, you can use them quite well, actually. How do you use them? Do you use them with water? Uh, no, but I have been seeing that and should try that. Um, I haven't used them with water, um, but I... I uh, I just go straight in with the the marker itself. Um, I like the brush end. I think because I'm an art, like a, a painter, I think that's why I like the the brushy end of the <laughs> of the Tombow. But you have tried all kind of medias in your book, and <laughs> so mm -hmm. so um, I mean they are mostly made for pencils. Mm, but yes. it's so fun to use different things. I think that too. Uh, but how mm. do you use? Uh, how well is watercolor working? In ah, that? so watercolor can be very tricky. Um, some of the books uh, depends on the paper. Some of the books take it very, very well um, if they have enough of a, um, a sizing and they're heavy enough weight, then it can be perfect. Um, But then some books, uh, I've tried it, and like I said, I've I've destroyed pages. <laughs> um, so it it really does depend on the book. Um, something that I have bought, which I haven't tried yet, but I I'm planning on it, is um, I got some water 
transparent watercolor ground. So what it does is it prepares the paper for, or any surface actually, for watercolor. So I, I hope that that might solve, um, there's some books that I want to watercolor in and I tried it and it didn't work out. So I hope that that will solve that problem for me and I will be able to um, have an easier time with them. But how do you do in coloring books? Because when you use uh, watercolors on uh, watercolor paper, you can wet it a lot before you use mm. the watercolor. Uh, yes. But you can't do yeah. that in um, a coloring book. No, not at all. Um, what I do is I'll, uh, so here's a little fun tip. Um, I use a watercolor palette that I never clean. Um, and you would think me being a little bit organized and detail oriented that I would clean my palette. But I found over time that um, if you re-wet the dried watercolor, it gets some softer, more subdued color. So instead of watering the watercolors down with water to get a lighter color, what I'll do is I'll mix the color I want and water it down and let it dry on my palette. And then later on, I can pick that lighter, more subtle color up with less water and apply it to almost like a dry brush to, um, to a page. And that will give me the look that you would get from a watered-down watercolor, but it's not saturating the paper with a lot of water. But you said you like acrylic most? Mm, yes. Um, that's Acrylic is my medium that I use when I'm making my own work. So I have the most experience in it. Um, and I, I recently I mounted a coloring book page to a canvas. Um, so what I did is I, I, I used matte media and I covered the page and the back of the page and I coated the whole canvas with so much matte media that the page became part of the canvas. Um, and so, and much like you would do with like a collage. Um, so um, then that allowed me to basically paint the way I'm accustomed to, to working. Um, so I'm thrilled to find that technique because I, I've already mounted a lot of other pages. I can't wait. <laughs> and then you are using acrylics. Mm, yes. And and that um, and I, I do mixed media as well. So I will attach things to the canvas. Um, I use all sorts of markers and pens over the, the acrylic. Um, so, it, it you know, I, I do do mixed media right on the canvas as well. But are they? Uh, are you putting them up on your wall after? Um, well, I only have the one so far, and I, I haven't decided what I'm going to do with that guy yet. But um, I do have my apartment is filled with my artwork, um, stuff that didn't sell but that I love, um, things that I painted for myself. Um, like I have a portrait of one of my mentors who passed away. So he actually um, hangs right above my art desk and looks over me and watches me um, create my work even after he's gone. So, Oh, that's nice. Mm. Thank you. But uh, do you use acrylics in the coloring books too? Uh-huh. I did that, yeah. Um, in uh, Sager Oksagner, um, it I just uh, didn't use a whole lot of water. Um, and 
it worked amazing. It was um, that paper can take water media very well. Um, so um, if you buy a book that has really nice paper, it's worth the price because it really allows you to um, pretty much use whatever you want. You're not restricted um, to certain dry media. So. So now we have talked about watercolors, markers, acrylics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And pencils, of course. Mm, yes. <laughs> Is there anything else that you are using? Um, well, I have a couple of things which I am hoping to try soon. Um, so I have some pastels and some, actually some old, they're called Conte crayons. And they're um, something that I used to use when I was taking figure drawing classes in college. Um, I found them. And I was like, oh, let me see if I could use these in my books. At this point, um, I have um, many media which I plan to try. So um, I use encaustic wax paint. Um, that is wax that has pigment embedded in it that you heat up and then paint with. So I, I like to do those um, on um, like boards. So I'm planning on mounting a page to like a masonite panel and trying that. Um, I also have an airbrush, which I use occasionally. I've been practicing with that. So I would like to try and maybe do um, like a nice soft background with an airbrush. And then like so I would mask off the foreground and then do an airbrush and then go ahead in with maybe a different media, um, a finer media with the um, foreground. So I have a lot of ideas about um, how to use my my media that I already have. It's just, it's a time thing. Um, <laughs> most of the time I don't have the, the time to like take all that equipment out and, you know, prepare my workspace for it. So I tend to go for the, the quicker stuff like markers or, or pencils. But why? What is it about acrylics that you like so much? Um, well, I used to be an oil painter. Um, I got my first set of oil paints when I was eight years old. And um, unfortunately, I didn't know that they were extremely toxic. So for many, many years, um, over 15 years, I was using them without proper ventilation and without covering my hands. And I would... <laughs> Uh, I would finger paint with them. So over time, I built a toxic reaction. I'm allergic to them. And it's a shame because that's the media that I grew up learning with and that I absolutely love. Um, so when I developed that problem um, where basically my throat swells up and I can't breathe, um, I get like hives and rashes all over. So it's really not a safe media for me anymore and I really encourage anybody who's an oil painter to follow the safety precautions uh, if you want to continue using it um, but um, acrylic is the best alternative to me because it as long as you learn how to use it properly you you can adapt to the fact that it dries darker um, you know I used to make color charts all the time with color combination mixtures so I could refer to how they dry um, and how they look when they're wet. So um, I think it was just sort of like my best adaptation of how I actually prefer to work. So so acrylic was like my um, my saving grace, if you will. Like I was like, okay, well, at least I can still paint with, and I think it's the opacity and the fact that I can layer and layer and layer and layer 
any amount of layers that I want. And um, so it allows you to correct mistakes very easily. Um, I think that's probably why I just, I love acrylic and I'll probably always gravitate towards it. Do you use regular pencils or do you have like a water brush pencil? Um, I don't have a water brush. I tried it um, a couple of times when I was at my friend's studio and I don't like that I can't control the amount of water that comes out. I'm so used to a regular brush. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could see how they're more convenient if you're like outside and, and you don't want to deal with like a cup of water. But I, I'm just I guess I you know how you get like set in your ways a little bit. Like <laughs> once you're used to a certain way of working, it's um, sometimes it can be difficult to get away from that. So I think that's why um, I don't use that. Uh, we talked on Instagram once about the gold finish on watercolors. And... Oh, yes, yes. Um, you mean like the, um, was it the gold leaf that we were talking about? So, or yes. Yeah, so I use, um, I use gold leaf, I use um, gold paint markers, I use gold paint um, very frequently in my fantasy work. Um, I like the, uh, okay, I know this is going to be a little weird, but um, I like the old illuminated manuscripts, um, like the Book of Kells, um, very old, old, like filigree style um, illustrated books. Um, so I think that's why I like the gold leaf. Um, I think it's just, it adds a little bit of embellishment that you can't, get when you're taking a photo of it so it really does tell you that it's an original work it's the it's the one that was created by my hand and not a reproduction so I like the um and and I like how it captures the light like it it catches and reflects the light a lot differently than um the, the regular paint does so yeah I do enjoy um, mixing in and I, I've started doing other like copper colors silver so I, I have started to branch out but yeah I, I tend to go for the gold <laughs> and what are what, what is the best gold um for a coloring book I would say I love the pilot gold paint markers um, they're very quick and easy to use, and they really have like a very shiny and reflective finish. So it's really it pops from the page. Um, they come in fine points and, and bigger tips, so it, it allows a range. Um, for like um, watercolors and things like that, I prefer actually using gold acrylic paint. Um, so I have this, it's called Golden, and I use the, um, there's a whole range of different um, colors that you can get, but I prefer the um, the iridescent gold and in the fine texture. They have different textures, so you can get a coarse texture, a fine texture. Um, and then for my acrylic paintings, you'll see I like to use a different medium than the medium that the main piece is accomplished in. So for my acrylic paintings, I do tend to use either real gold leaf if I can afford it and it's like a commission or um, imitation gold leaf. So it's um, it's like a, a fake gold, but it really does um, look a lot shinier than the gold acrylic paint. I have tried all these things we have talked about, like watercolors in coloring books and markers and pencils, but uh, 
Yeah, I might have tried acrylics, but do you have any tips how to use acrylics in a coloring book? Mm, yes. Um, when you first start out, I would suggest um, layering with very little water. So um, what I did is actually um, I gessoed the page. So I used um, and I and gesso is basically watery acrylic. So I just um, gessoed it with white um, and that kind of knocked back the the dark outlines and sort of um, made them less easy to see, but you could still see through it. Um, so that sort of like set the page up for the the medium. And then um, I I still was very judicious about the amount of water that I would use on the page. So that way it wouldn't buckle too much um, or, or cause a lot of like pooling on the paper. So yeah, just uh, go easy on the water when, you, especially when you're first starting out. I use pens with acrylic paint in a lot. Mm. You know, like Posca pen. Mm, yes. Because yes. it covers so well my mistakes. Yeah. But when yeah. I tried acrylics with regular pencil, I can't. I just mess it up. I get to add, I hmm. color outside the linings and so on I think it's hard ah yes it does take some practice um I, I think that uh water media does uh take a lot more time to control to learn how to control I think also the brush is essential um I think a lot of the times people are using a water brush that's too large um they might be um, using too much water because it's hard to control. Um, a, a lot of the time, the brush shape also makes a huge difference. I've seen people try to paint clouds with a square brush, and you're sort of um, you're working against the natural way that the brush wants to work. So um, I think choosing the right shape for the shape that you're trying to accomplish. So for for clouds, I will use a filbert, which has like a like a like a half moon type shape to it. Um, it's like a flat brush, but it has like a like a curved rounded shape on the end. Um, I'll also use round brushes, which are like as they sound sound they're they're rounded. Um, so I think choosing the brush shape will help you with your precision because um, like if you're doing architecture, then those angled brushes where it's got that like it's like it's like the end of a ribbon where it's been like chopped diagonally. Those are so great for getting in the little tiny nooks and crannies and it still allows you to have a straight edge so you could then use the same brush for the little tiny spots and then also the straight edges of like say the side of a building. So I think brush shape and also water control. I think those things um, do take some time to learn. So don't, you know, don't feel bad if it's not natural. It's it didn't come naturally to me either. But if you love acrylic so much, why do you sometimes color with uh, other stuff? Well, I love to experiment. I am. Um, I've always been very. I have all this media already. Um, I haven't really bought a whole lot of art supplies, so. I think it's just um, when I'm doing my personal work, I I'm always using acrylic. So it's almost like a break from that, like a like a change up and a switch up. Um, I also think that it 
improves my painting if I'm pushing myself in other media because then I can see how, I mean, every media has its benefits and drawbacks. So if I explore and really branch out and try new things, then I can really understand why I love what I love and um, and focus on um, the different strengths of each media. So for colored pencil, it's great for very soft and easy gradients and, and very detailed shading. And for watercolor, it's great for covering large areas and, and getting things down really quickly. So, and, and like for acrylic, it's great for covering up, you know, like, so if you make a mistake, it's great for covering mistakes, <laughs> yeah. things like that. Um, so I think every media has its benefits. And by exploring each media, you can really understand, like, and choose the right media for the right job. And what are the ben benefits of markers? Oh, markers. Well, I'm a new marker fan. Um, I got markers for Christmas. Uh, my boyfriend was amazing. He he bought me my first set of markers and I'd never asked for them. Um, I actually I had only tried markers when I was a little girl and I was like, oh, I don't like them. So I thought I hated markers, but um, I gave them another try and now I love them. Um, markers are great for laying down base colors and getting the page covered really quickly. And also the really nice for um, like the foundation for another media because they don't take the tooth of the paper so it almost gives you like another layer a free layer if you will um, and they they work well with so many other media so they're very versatile so um, as I continue to use them I think I'll find more benefits as I go. But tell us about your uh, own coloring book. Ah, the story um, about your okay. coloring book. <laughs> um, well, uh, I started coloring and I loved it and I was obsessed. I mean, you know, you, you, I think any colorist that um, is really into it can totally understand what I'm talking about, um, where it's just like you just uh, you're almost driven to color. Like you're like, oh, I like it's like that feeling of relaxation. So. Um, I was coloring and I was looking for certain images in in like books that I've seen and I um, I just had some ideas that I wanted to color but I didn't find them in a book um, you know um, so I I just started drawing my own pages mostly for myself you know to to color myself And um, a friend of mine saw my drawings and she was like, what are you making a coloring book? Like she asked me and I was like, uh, uh, sure. <laughs> like it, it just sort of happened by accident. Like I wasn't planning on it. It didn't really, it wasn't like some like, like, oh, I'm going to make a call. It, it just, just sort of happened organically. And, um, and I didn't even think that I would publish it. Honestly, I thought I would just make it and print one copy for myself and I could color it on my own. And I would be totally happy with that. I was so excited about the thought of making my own illustrations now that I could then unwind and color with later. So it was almost like, like I'm prepping a whole bunch of my own artwork and then I don't have to think about it when I actually want to go and, and finish it off. So, um, but, uh, as I started drawing more of the pages and as I sort of developed this idea, um, so the, the book itself is set in a real life place. Um, it's a, 
my mom and I go on hikes in the woods. So um, we love this one park that we go to all the time. And it's in the springtime, it's actually coming up in two weeks, and I'm so excited. Um, every year we go, and we see the bluebells, and they bloom, and it covers the whole ground with blue. It's so beautiful. It's, like, magical. So, um, and, and we've been going there since I was a little girl. So I just, um, I felt like I wanted to set my book in that magical space that I just love. And I um, and I wanted to, then when I started to think, well, um you know, maybe I will try to publish this. Um, so then I then I really started to develop a story around the book and and try and like um, make it a cohesive theme. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> tell us more about the pictures in it and the story. Um, okay, so it's a um, a fantasy setting. Um, so I, even though it's in a real place, I. I tend to have a big imagination, so um, I, I drew characters that I thought about or um, places that I thought would be fun. So I have, like, I love drawing mushroom huts. I've drawn them since I was a little girl. I do them all the time. So that's the cover of the book um, because it's just something that I just do. It's, like, almost like a part of me. I, I can't – I mean, I have a painting right now in my living room that I'm working on that has another mushroom hut. I just can't get away from that theme. Um, but um, – yeah, each page has its own story, um, and I, I wrote them all down. Um, you can find them on my website, um, but uh, it, it's not like um, it's not like a story like Ivy and the Inky Butterfly, where it's like one continuous story. But it's rather a collection. Each page has its own short story, and they all kind of tie together in a way. Like you'll see the dragon in the beginning of the book is the same adult so I, I drew a baby dragon and then I also do the same dragon later as an adult so I do tend to tie and try the pages tie the pages together if I can um, but mostly I was just um, coming up with ideas being inspired and then drawing them and then um, coming up with a story as I was drawing so it, it's just all sort of happened like Nothing was planned. <laughs> it just kind of happened. <laughs> but I, I, I read somewhere that the thickness of the lines are very different in it. Yeah. Um, so I'm not um, – I had no experience doing this. And I, I didn't really set out, like I said, with like a plan. So I was just drawing whatever I felt like. So I would sometimes I would use a dark marker. Sometimes I would use a pencil. Sometimes I would use um, – I have like these uh, Micron Pigma uh, fine uh, felt markers. Um, I have all kinds of different drawing media. So I would just pick up whatever I wanted to or whatever I felt like. And um, and so the result is, is that the book does look very different from other books. Um, the themes are all different. I, I have a lot of portraits. I have a lot of scenery. I have a lot of cartoony doodles. So I, I, I let myself sort of just draw what I was inspired to do and not worry too much about um, fitting it into a box and making them all the same because that's not how I work. I, I, I like variety. I like um, changing it up a bit. Um, now my second book may be very different from my first book. Um, but, uh, that's because now I sort of, I've been through the process and also it's a little bit more planned now. Like I, like I have a, a better idea of, of what people are asking me for. Um, so I'm, I'm providing more shading 
instead of just doing pure line art all the time. So I am developing as I go, but um, yeah, I mean, going from no experience to now having a book done, I think um, helps me a lot with that too. How was it to hold your book, your first book for the first time? Oh, oh, I was over the moon. I was in tears. I mean, um, I, I could barely, I, so I drove over to the, the print shop and, and picked it up and, um, and, uh, when they handed it to me, I was already <laughs> tearing up a little bit. I was like, Oh my gosh. And then, so I, you know, I, I kept it together enough to pay for it and, and to get out of there. And then, um, I was, in, I was a mess in the car. I was so happy. I was hugging it and, like you know laughing and crying it was it was um probably one of the best moments of my life and and um i i recommend to anybody who has a dream and has a, a passion for something to do to pursue it to the end because um seeing that finished product uh is a very incredible feeling but uh, how could you afford to print it Ah, this is a great question. Uh, so, um, I could not afford it by myself. Um, I, due to a lot of circumstances, I live alone. I help out my family a lot. My cat is very medically challenged, so she's very expensive. So I couldn't afford to pay for a whole book printing all by myself. So, um, and again, a friend of mine suggested that I do Kickstarter. So most of my, my path has been like suggested to me by my friends and family. It's a different um, friend, sorry, but, or the same friend all the time. Um, different <laughs> friends. <laughs> so it's, um, but you know, you, you know how like when you're talking about things and when you're making things, people make suggestions. So, um, I'm a very open person. I like to take things into consideration, even if I don't go with the idea. You know, I like to listen to what people say. So um, it was actually Cindy um, from Instagram who suggested that I do a Kickstarter campaign. And um, at first I was like, oh, no, I don't have any fans. Like this was when I was first starting out, really. So I think I had less than a thousand followers on Instagram and I didn't even have my Facebook page yet. So I was um, I was thinking that it wasn't possible. But um, she she was such a amazing um, enabler. She just, she's like, do it, do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I listened to her anyway. I was like, you know what, what, what could it hurt? Like if it doesn't happen, then nobody, nobody gets charged their money. So, you know, I mean, what's the worst that can happen is that maybe I'll be disappointed. I'll have had, you know, a lot of effort put in, but, um, but I, I, I thought, you know, why not? So, um, I gave it a go and I, I'm so grateful that I did because, uh, yeah, the Kickstarter um, campaign got funded and um, here we are. <laughs> I have a finished coloring book. <laughs> But how is it to, to see your own art colored of someone else? Oh, that is my absolute favorite part of this whole process. Um, I, you know, if, Considering the fact that I didn't even really plan any of this, um, 
I feel so lucky and grateful that every time I see someone color one of my works, I, I'm like, it goes right to my heart. Like, and, and it doesn't matter the skill level. I mean, um, one of my little nieces, um, she, she colored a page and I think she's four or five years old, you know, so you, obviously, you know, you're not going to expect great skill, but, um, the way that I love looking at anyone's work, um, the interpretation and, and how, how, it's hard to explain, but it's like I can almost see into what that person was thinking when they were coloring my work in a way. And so it just it's so it's like a dialogue. It's not when I was producing work that was just to be hung on a wall. That's like a one way communication. And I'm a very um, I, I'm a very social person. I am a um, extroverted person so I love conversations and and sharing things so I think naturally my personality just lends itself to a collaborative experience and that's what you get with coloring I, I feel like the colorist is just as important as the illustrator in a coloring book page because that's the person who brings it to life and really makes it come alive in a way that just um, a line drawing or, or a shade of drawing just cannot do so um, that that is by far my favorite part. Um, it's amazing. How far has have you come with your second coloring book? Ah, so there's been a little bit of um, difficulty with my second book. Um, uh, all throughout my life, I've used stock phot photography for um, references when I'm learning how to draw something. Um, luckily, with people. Um, I've, I've taken so many figure drawing classes and so many, um, you know, I've just observed, I've done so many self portraits and, and portraits of my friends that, um, now I don't need photo references as heavily, um, as I would other things, but, um, I had used a photo that um, another artist used and the similarity of the page was very close. So um, I've taken a step back and um, right now I'm actually creating a photo reference library for myself. So I have trips to the zoo plan, trips to botanical gardens. I've been photographing the little rabbit that lives in my garden. <laughs> um, so, and, and like birds that I see on my walks. Um, so I've, I'm, I'm focusing on trying to learn how to draw animals. So my next book was very, has a lot of animals in it. Um, but because I can't use well, it's not that I can't use them. It's just that I don't want to perhaps have this issue happen again. So I'm really focusing on um, creating the whole entire page by myself, start to finish with no other outside, um, you know, photographic help. So um, it will take me a lot longer to accomplish that because it's just a lot more work involved. Um, it's a lot quicker to go online and search for something than it is to sit for three hours and wait for the bunny rabbit to come out of his little hole. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm so much prouder, like I've been drawing that little bunny and I'm so much prouder of the effort and the time that I took to really make that piece of work um so i think in a way it might be a beneficial thing that that happened um so yeah i i don't really have a deadline set for myself because this isn't my full-time job um unfortunately i just uh, can't make ends meet with with coloring books right now so um i'm not going to give myself a deadline but i will be um, putting out pages pretty regularly so 
Um, it's just, uh, it's a process. <laughs> Is there anything else about it you can reveal? Oh, yes. Steampunk. So we're, we're, we're going into the gears, the, the mechanical. Um, so it's going to be, um, I've always loved steampunk. And again, I'm drawing this book because I've been looking for steampunk books online. And there are a couple which are very nice. But in general, there's not a whole lot of selection. Um, you know, so I, I, I basically am going to be drawing um, books that I want to color that I don't see. Um, so just sort of um, filling in the gaps, as it were, for, for what I'm, I'm looking for. So mechanical fantasy. Mm-hmm. That... It's going to be fun. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But the, the thing that happened to you, I mean, I think most of, uh, don't you think a lot of coloring book creators or illustrators are Googling or using references for, reference photos from Internet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, I've done that. Um, obviously, you know, I, I was working that way uh, quite frequently. Um, I think it's impossible for artists to learn how to draw everything from their head um, unless I suppose there are some people out there that can do that. But I'm not one of them. Um, but, um, you know, I don't see anything wrong with it, but at the same time, I just want to avoid that controversy and that potential issue. Um, so I don't mind putting in the extra effort. I think that in the end, um, it will really be purely my own work, and that will be um, nice to be able to say that. So um, I'm just kind of taking it as a positive thing. <laughs> That's great, because it, you were so honest, and when some people saw similarities between your picture and mm. another illustrator's picture in mm. a coloring book. Uh, and I guess you must have been quite sad and upset mm. when yeah. it happened. Yeah, it did hurt me, um, mostly because that page, um, I had I was really loving that page and um, very proud of it. I was very happy with the result. So when someone pointed it out to me, I I was heartbroken because, you know, you get a connection to your work um, when you sp- I think I spent about 17 hours drawing it. Um, so you get a bond with it when, once you've spent that long with one piece of paper. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, the things um, I believe that things do happen for a reason and. And even though at the moment it was very difficult for me because I was getting a lot of people were um, trolling and, and giving me a lot of criticism for it. So it was it was very difficult for me because I, I am fairly new to social media. So I hadn't experienced that to that level. And it was um, it felt like I was being bullied for really a silly reason. But, um, you know, I, tr- I was honest because I felt that that was the only way to be. Um, I don't like hiding under things or um, pretending like it didn't happen. Um, I did remove it from my page because I kept getting crazy comments. So I'm just uh, I don't feel like dealing with that anymore. But um, I'm not hiding it as far as like, um, you know, I'm totally open to talking about it. But, um, yeah, it was sad. But at the same time, you know, we all go through moments of struggle in no matter what we're doing. Um, you know, whether you're trying to learn how to color something or um, maybe you're struggling with something like 
totally different, like in your personal life. Uh, but I think um, the only thing that we can control is how we react to it and how we adapt. And um, so that's I'm I'm trying to just look forward and, and not look back anymore. I do plan to alter that page so that it doesn't look like the other illustrators. So I will um, at some point. But right now it's still kind of hard to um, to look at it. So I'm just going to put it aside for now. <laughs> you know the title of your next coloring book. Yeah, um, it's going to be called Scarlet City Steampunk. Um, each one of my books will have a color name in it. So my first book was Bluebell Woods, so the color blue. Um, so this one has scarlet in it. Um, and I plan to make each book um, have a color name in the title because we're colorists. So I thought, how fun would it be to have like a similar thread um, running through them? But you said that you have a lot of fantasy. Do you make mm. up stories about the pictures you're coloring in other person's colorings book? Oh, yes. All, every single page that I've colored has a whole backstory in my mind. <laughs> I like telling stories. I think that's why I'm an illustrator most, you know. Give us an example of a story. Um, okay, so um, the one of the pages that I'm coloring right now is from Zemla Snova, and it's this it's the page um, with the dragon and the fairy, and she's giving him like a little chest, like a like a treasure chest. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that page, but um, anyway, I I, I um, you can send it to to me so I can put it out on Hashemisa Colorista Facebook's page. Mm, yeah, I'll send it to you. Um, so with this page, I thought, well, um, I dreamed that the dragon was a chameleon dragon. So it changes color and um, adapts to the environment that it's in. So it's hard to see sometimes, but it reveals itself when um, you offer a gift. So the fairy had to ask a favor from the chameleon dragon. So she she searched high and low and found, found a treasure chest and, and brought it and held it up. And the dragon revealed itself to her, and um, and then um, she could ask it the favor that she needed from from the dragon. So um, some of my stories are simple like that, and some of them are very involved, and and cre I create all sorts of characters um, outside of the picture. But um, every every page has a story. Um, so when you are looking back at your pictures, you, you, the whole story is coming back to you. Mm, yes, yes. I, um, as I color, um, it's not like I try to come up with a story. It's more that as I color, I just imagine, well, why why is this dragon this color and why is this like this? And so by answering those questions of myself, I come up with a story as I go. Yeah. What is the coloring book community means to you? What does the coloring community uh, mean to you? Oh, I, you know... For someone who's never been on social media before, I really have no idea how it is in other communities. But um, when I first started coloring, I, I decided to join Instagram because um, I thought, well, you know, I have this new hobby and I don't know much about it. And I, I just wanted to sort of become part of something bigger. Um, but now um, I talk to people all the time um, on Instagram. I have friends 
um, with the coloring community and um, just learning and sharing and because um, I learn from people and people learn from me. There's like this beautiful dialogue that happens. Um, so like I was saying before, I'm so social and so um, I, I love um, discussion discussions and talking to people. So um, I think that it's sort of natural for me to want to be a part of the community. But um, the friends that I've made, I I love. I mean, I have more in common with some people that I've met online than I have in my real life. And so um, it's become much more to me than just a sharing of my art or a sharing of my coloring. But it's more, you know, these are people who are my friends, who I that I can't wait to see what they've done and, and I can't wait to talk to them and, and see what they're working on. So it's, it means more to me, I think, than the actual, um, coloring itself, actually. It's, I've grown to love it so, so much. So yeah, it's great. What is the, I, I guess because you have this art background and your colorings are amazing, uh, you get a lot, got a lot of, and you got a lot of questions. Mm, yes, um, that's actually why I started my YouTube channel. Um, I was getting so many people asking me, how do you do this? How do you do that? And um, I have a hard time explaining. Like, I can't just like, um, I mean, I have written out long replies on Instagram, but um, it, it's much easier, me being so visual, um, for me to just show what how to do it. So, yeah, that's how I started my YouTube channel, and now I love it. Um, I actually enjoy doing the live streams on YouTube, I think, more than the actual like, um, coloring itself. <laughs> if that makes sense. I love I love showing and, and helping, and and um, yeah. What is the most uh, common question? Hmm. Probably how to do skin tones. Um, people ask me all the time how to color people's faces because it's probably one of the most difficult things. Um, and um, I'm not the best at doing it in colored pencil, um, but I but I do try to help as much as possible. Um, you know, just to you know give any knowledge that I have. Um, that and probably backgrounds. Uh, a lot of people, I love coming up with neat ideas for backgrounds, and a lot of people seem to struggle with that. Um, so um, I started a background tutorial series um, just to address that um, that issue. What are your favorite tools? My favorite tools. Hmm. You mean besides the actual like colors yeah, and the media? Yeah. Mm. Well, I can't go without my sharpener. <laughs> Even though I do color with blunt pencils, um, I do need to sharpen them when they get down to the wood. Um, my other tools that I love, I love rulers and circle templates. Um, they help me. Um, I do like precision sometimes, especially when I'm dealing with um, objects that are like light, so um, light beams and stuff, I'll use rulers. Um, I love, uh, I, I use an eraser all the time, so um, I couldn't go without that either. I think probably my favorite tool that I've been using lately, though, is my easel. Um, I, I suffered severe neck pain um, after extended periods of 
coloring. So looking down at the page is not something I'm used to because I'm a painter, so I'm used to working upright. So I think the next strain was getting to me. I, I would get headaches and migraines. So when I figured out that I could work upright in my coloring books on my easel the same way, that relieved all of the pain that I was experiencing. And I, I'm now able to color for long periods of time without any pain. So I think that would be my favorite. How does that work? Mm. Um, so I have a drawing board that I put on the easel, and that allows a rigid surface for me to lean the book up against. And then um, I just make sure that I set the easel to eye level. And um, it's great because you have that little tray. So I put most of like I put the colors that I'm using on that tray in front of the book. Or, you know, if I have markers, I'll put the markers there. Um, and um, yeah, you just uh, you can lean on the page just the same way you would when you're coloring down on a desk. You know, you can lean your hand against the page. Um, so it's uh, it's not that much different. It's just that it's a different it's more ergonomic. So it's a better um, I guess my neck has like a weakness or, or something, but it's just better for me. And what are your best coloring tips? Hmm. Um, my best coloring tip is take your time. So that way, because um, I always find that when I rush a page, I make more mistakes and then it's harder to cover or fix a mistake than it is. Um, so maybe just take your time and relax and, and have fun. Because <laughs> if you're not having fun, then what's the point? <laughs> That's so true. Thank you, Laura, for joining my podcast. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. And thank you all thank for listening. And goodbye. Thank you so much. Goodbye. <laughs>